Welcome to another episode of Bleachers and Boards, brought to you by the Hoop Heads Podcast. I'm Marlon Guild, and along with my co-host Matt Collier, we'll analyze everything from hoops to hip-hop. Check us out. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Bleachers and Boards with Matt Collier and Marlon Guild. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com Podcast, the Players Court, and our team-focused NBA pods, Cavaliers Central, Grizz and Grind, and Nuck if you buck. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Welcome to Bleachers and Boards. I'm Matt Collier, joined by my co-host, Marlon Guild, and we'd like to welcome you to our new show brought to you by the Hoopheads Podcast. Our mission on Bleachers and Boards is to promote coaches and their skills as teachers on the tactical side of basketball. We want to share the game with our listeners and get better ourselves during this, our board talk segment. All right. Uh, we also want to have fun with this. So every episode, we're going to explore some pop culture topics during our Bleacher Talk segment. So, uh, so Marlon, it's, uh, you know, glad to be taking this journey with you, man. I want to have a lot of fun with this. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, same here, man. I'm glad we could finally put this thing together. You know, it's been talked about. Yeah, a yeah. long time. Yeah, glad and hopefully, you know, folks pick up some things from this dialogue we have. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I and I, I know it's funny in the, uh, basketball and just the ripping and running of the business, you lose track of things. So I was thinking about it. I don't even remember how we met, really. I know for I do remember that I was at Drexel and you were at St. Peter's um, at the time when we met. But outside of that, I can't really say that, you know, the time, the circumstance, the day of, you know, whatever, how we met. Um, but it's been a few years for sure, um, you know. And uh, so, wh- so why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the audience and uh, let everybody know about your, your coaching journey and, uh, you know, how we got up to this point in your career. Well, before we go there, man, I, I think the way th- that we did connect that we don't even know, but I think it shows how great this game of basketball is. Mm-hmm. And it, it just brings people together, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like we were really trying to think about, yeah, you know, how did I meet Matt? How did I meet? Yeah, yeah I just seen him around, and I'm yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. That's, yep. That's how it goes, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but but that's the great thing about basketball. Uh, it just brings people together, man. And and a little bit of my journey. Uh, I'm currently an assistant coach at Ryder University, and prior to that, like the Touchstone, uh, was at St. Peter's University for, for seven years. I had a chance to have some success there when I was a little young buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And fast forward uh, 13 years, I'm here. Wow, 13 years. Mm-hmm. So I'm here now, man. So, you know, looking to share as much knowledge as I can, like I'm sure you are, and yep. have a good time with this thing, man. Well, how did you get into um basketball you know how, how did you fall in with just the game of basketball to begin with and then how did you transition from that throughout your life to beginning your coaching career crazy thing on how I got into basketball and I don't know if, if you remember this remember back in the day we used to buy the basketball cars the NBA hoops basketball cars for like mm-hmm. a pack. 
Yep. With well, a piece of gum inside. Yep. Yep. That's what happens, man. I was in the second grade one day, and uh, one of the kids, I don't even remember his name, but I, I owe him a check right now because <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about basketball. But he brought a basketball card, and I remember who was on the card. It was Craig Elo. He used to play on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers, yes, sir. He That's brought a good player card in, and, and that was it, man. I, I, I took off, and at that time we had just got cable in right. the house, so I started watching Knicks games. So this is about 1991, and uh, from there, that's all I ever wanted to do. And, and I was fortunate to, uh, you know, be around some people that that could play. They taught me the game. Uh, had a chance to play with some guys that knew how to play that I was a little better than or, or that I thought I was better than. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they helped me get to where I'm at now, uh, just growing up in, in New York City, playing in different playgrounds, watching different guys. It's gotten me here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, East New York, Brooklyn. A lot of good basketball players, obviously, in, in Brooklyn. I'm a Queens guy myself. Uh, you know, I won't hold that against you, you being from Brooklyn. <laughs> um, so, you know, know how that goes. But, um, but no, that's, um, you know, that's usually, you know, the, the mentors and people that you surround yourself with, you know, that, uh, you know, that's kind of how people find their way in life, um, for better or worse sometimes. But luckily, you were steered in the right direction of basketball. And, and to be coaching, like you said, 13 years later is, um, you know, it's a testament to you, obviously, in the work you put in. So that's what's up. So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting how this, uh, you know, like I said, we knew each other from before, um, through coaching, um, but obviously, you know, I don't want to say obviously, but we definitely got uh, closer during the pandemic and started having more conversation, and that's kind of led us up to this point to decide to, you know, undertake this um, uh, this journey together. And uh, we've definitely had a lot of interesting conversations along the way. I, I will say that. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, taking this journey with you, bro. So it's, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to having fun with this more so than anything. I think that's what uh, I'm the most interested in is having fun with this. Let's do it, man. Let's have a good time because I know it's gonna get interesting too. This yeah, is, this is the first episode. And yeah, moving forward, one you a Queens guy, and I'm a Brooklyn mm-hmm. guy. So that mm-hmm. already. Yeah, we already got a little issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we already got a little issue. Yeah, you know the Brooklyn guys, y'all try to. <laughs> <laughs> look down on the Queens guys. It's all right. But like I always tell people, we hold our own with anybody. So, you know, I'm definitely not backing down. But no, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, one of the things that, um, you know, I definitely want to share with our audience is that uh, uh, Marlon is a great guy, but he has some uh, crazy off the wall takes sometimes. Sometimes I can't tell how serious he is if he's just doing it to get a rise out of people um, or just, you know, that's what, how he really feels. So I'm still figuring that piece out. Um, but one of them is uh, uh, he has a very interesting take um, that hits close to home, even though I'm not from Brooklyn, but uh, um Notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls is uh, one of my favorite rappers of all time. And uh, Marlon, Coach Guild has a, a slightly different take. So um, I would love for you to share that with the audience and we can talk about it a little bit. We're going to jump right yeah, in. Yeah, we're going to jump right into it. What are, your uh, feel, what are your feelings on the, uh, Notor- uh, one of the greatest rappers of all time? What, what, what are your, how, how do you feel about his, uh, his legacy in, uh, in hip hop? Let me start off by saying this. I'm going to give myself a disclaimer because I want to be able to go 
when I go back home, I want to be able to drive through Bed-Stuy. Yeah, well, that's probably not happening, but go ahead. It's probably not. <laughs> probably not. So, I might be one of the only, I, 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 you know, I know I am, one of, I'm, I'm the only person in the world that probably doesn't have the notorious B.I.G. in his top five rappers of all time. Yeah, you would you would be probably alone in that. You would you would be alone for sure, for sure. And I and I and I need to know. And I need you know. I've heard it before, and it still boggles. You know, blows my mind. Uh, so I, I need to hear why. I need to hear more. I need to hear an explanation. Uh, an explanation for this. All right. So it, it, hear me out. And I want the listeners to really hear me out with this. So <laughs> no, they go hear it. When it comes to the Notorious B.I.G., we're really only going off two albums, Ready to Die, Life After Death. And they're two good albums. But even though they're good albums, I don't think Ready to Die is a great album like people claim it to be. So that's your, that, that's, that's your first mistake, first of all. He does not have two good albums. He has, at the very least, two great albums more than likely he has one great album and one superlative album. Okay. He ready to die is one of the best albums ever made. It's one of the best albums ever made. Oh, here we go. Here, here we go. This is, uh, all right. You know what? Let, let me just get into it. I'm just, yes, please, please do. Please do. So we're going to go with ready to die. Yes. Right. There are now for me, what, what triggers a classic album and a great artist is if you play an album and there are no skips. That's true. I agree. You play it straight through and you put your headphones on and you just vibe. I'm not vibing all the way through from track one to the last track on Ready to Die. So let me ask you this. Is, is there something wrong with your CD or, or is there no. something wrong with it? Something wrong with it? No. Like, because it, the, there shouldn't be anything unless unless you you're missing something. There shouldn't be anything. Uh, for you that, there nah. shouldn't be any problems with you not going through it straight through. Uh, none of that. My CD works fine. My iTunes worked fine. Uh, okay, it worked fine when, when I had it. So then we got another problem there. But keep going. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it just didn't do, do it for me, right? So you listen to the album, and I, I think "Everyday Struggle" is probably one of the greatest hip hop songs. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I'll give you that. I'll even give you Juicy because of the sample and, you know, what what that did for the culture. The video was great. Okay. You know, drinking champagne when we're thirsty. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. But one, I don't drink. So, you know. Okay. But the the sentiment you can appreciate. Yeah. The sentiment you can appreciate. Yeah. Okay. you know, maybe even the beat on Things Done Changed and, mm-hmm. and flow on Unbelievable. I'm going to give you those. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But Give Me the Loot. Fantastic song. Not a fan. But I, Not a fan. That's one. Just not a fan. The what? Not a fan. How could... I, I, you, you ask me, I'm going to answer I'm just not a fan. What is, now, okay, so let's go back. So, give me the loot. It's a story. It's, it's his first introduction into his storytelling. Okay? okay, and he's telling a story with from two different people's point of view in the same place, two different voices. But that's not really you know relevant. And he's telling a great story with a lot of 
you know, just great lines throughout the whole entire song. And it stays on the topic, the whole, it's, it's a great song. All right. Then you have the, what you have Biggie and method man, two of the best rappers of their day, both giving great performances. What, 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 what is the issue? Why would you, why would you skip it? Why would you skip those? And you know, we can talk about method man in, in another show, uh, another episode. Oh, oh man. But, okay. You know, <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you asked me to oh, okay i'm sorry i don't mean to interrupt go ahead i'm sorry this is your this is your segment i apologize one i think i've heard better records that had method man on it the what is not one of them. okay maybe perhaps and, and i don't want to lose focus on this I'm, yeah yeah focus. let's stay focused we're talking about this ready to die now where i think it missed one more chance you got to give me the remix to one more chance and not the album if you gave me the album, if you gave me the video version, the remix, oh, like everything about that was great. And then it's like, it's a disappointment when you find out that that's not on the album. I, if Okay, if you want to say that the remix is better than the original, yes. I think that that is fair. However, the original is still good. It's still good. <laughs> It's still good. It may not be as good as the remix, but it's still good. To you. But well, you already admitted that, <laughs> that you might be the only person in the world that doesn't think that this is a great album. So it's more than just me. But go ahead. Every, to each his own. Yeah. So, um, you know, for, for, for those re- reasons alone, I, I can't really consider it a class. Now, will I listen to it? I will. But I'm also going to press that button that has the two forward arrows. I mean, that's an interesting take. And I, I would say that, you know, there could be potential issues for you going back home uh, to, 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 to Brooklyn. There could be potential issues. It's a good thing you're in uh, South Jersey now. So that's, uh, you know, you got a little bit of this, you got a little buffer zone. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, you know, I, I wasn't going to give you a 30 second timeout at, at, at one point because I needed to, you know, I thought I needed to regroup. But, I, you know, but I held it together and, uh, you know, my team stabilized and we were able to uh, withstand the run because that was a that was an interesting take, my brother. And, I, you know, I, I can't rock with that at all. Like I said, you know, I'm defending, you know, Biggie against a guy from Brooklyn. That's a very weird place to be. But, you know, here we are. So, um, and, and you know what? B- b- before we go a- any further, I- I'm going to give you this as well. And maybe this will help our listeners understand. Uh, because we are, in addition to being basketball, you know, coaches and enthusiasts, we're also music enthusiasts, I'd like to think. Absolutely. So when Ready to Die came came out that was what 1994 yep all right i'm I'm gonna take you on this journey 1994 i'm only 11 years old Mm -hmm. i was 14 during that time in in 94 i'm not really listening to notorious big yet okay still listening to abc uh which was another bad creation for yeah, them. I remember that. Oh no, I remember that. Yeah, Aisha, yeah, uh, the playground, the playground. Like I'm, I'm listening to that, and then I'm also listening to yeah, BBD. Yes, you did. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know your, your cross color 
outfits and that's that yeah, that was the time that your was the time. mix and matching of boots or and I, I'm even go as far to say this and I'm not ashamed to say it. My sister used to have a pair of fifty four elevens. Of course, that's when Reebok were like a standard. Yep, absolutely, it's a standard. Yes, and luckily we wore the same size, and she had the black ones, so okay. you couldn't really tell if it was. The right. female version or the male yeah. version? Yeah, that's kind of unisex. Yep, yep, I rock with you. Yep. I'm looking at all the people that are wearing that. Mm-hmm. The notorious B.I.G. is not wearing that. I'm oh, not. Nah, he not, he not wearing 54 Elevens. <laughs> <laughs> he not wearing that. No, I'm, sir. I'm up on, on the, the Tims. Yeah, I'm still wearing Black, black Tims and black hoodies. He said yeah. it. Yeah. No, and, and for uh, us Brooklyn guys, you know, fatigues are, are a necessity. Yes, that's that's facts. I'm not wearing fatigues yet. Yeah, yeah, you might be a little, little young for that. Okay, so, so I was I was a couple years older. I was 13, 14 when okay. uh, when when I came out freshman year of high school. So you know, I might have been in a little bit of a uh, different, you know, a couple years older. But okay, as far as you know, as far as my personal feelings, it, it doesn't matter. That album's a classic at, at any age, and you definitely should be able to appreciate it more that you're older. But you know, something like right. I said, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna say something's wrong. You know, with your iTunes account or something. You know, something happened with your phone, and you know, you, you're missing. You're missing something. That I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the benefit of the doubt with that. It must it must be a technological issue because I know. I know you can't uh, be that far off on on this one just for under normal circumstances. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that. Hey, j- just hearing the displeasure in your voice, I can only imagine what my uh, Twitter handle, DM, yeah, and my yeah. ID DMs are gonna look like when people hear this. And yeah, yeah. Do some followers. Uh, now we're gonna get we're gonna um, yeah we're gonna post all this out on 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 our social media platforms and 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 people will get a chance to hear it and uh, yeah I, I fully expect for you to get a little bit of uh, uh, some backlash <laughs> for this conversation but uh, you know you're my man fifty grand but it's warranted uh, any backlash that you receive for, <laughs> for, for 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 the comments you made today are are are, are deserved so. I accept um, it. I accept. Yeah. So, well, you know that that's that's part of it. That's part of it. But uh, but no, nah, that's uh, that's Coach uh, Coach Guild. Uh, <laughs> everybody, that's uh, that's Coach Guild. But Coach is also um, you know, a very experienced coach, and he, he's coached in um in the MAC for, you know, let me do my quick math. So seven years at St. Peter's, and then six years at uh at Ryder. That's thirteen, right? So so that uh. Did, just did that off the top of my head. I feel good about that. So, so he's been he's he's been coaching in the MAC for uh, over a decade, and uh, a lot of good coaches in the MAC, and uh, a lot of good basketball. Um, definitely respect that that um that that conference a lot. Good good players, good coaches, and uh, you've had a lot of experience uh, coaching in that league through scouting and um, just competition of the games obviously recruiting but you know from a tactical standpoint uh is where you know I want to focus on a little bit today so um being in the MAC for as long as you've been there and a lot of coaches have come you know are still in the league and have come through who would you say is the coach that I would say maybe got under your skin or just you know frustrated you the most as a as a coach uh, going up against them in competition uh, out on the floor. Just somebody who you really felt is just a really strong X and those guys that you might have learned something from. So who who was that coach and why? Uh, but, well, 
before I answer that, it's a lot of great coaches in the MAC. Absolutely, uh, past and, and present, uh, and and now you, you know I, I think the MAC is the epitome of mid-major basketball in, in the Northeast, mm-hmm. and the coaches uh, you know ex- exemplify that every time that we play. But for me, the coach that gets under my skin the most and or got under my skin the most was Tim Clouse at, at Iona. Uh, Very good coach. Very yeah, good coach. Uh, man, he is a uh, great offensive mind. Great o- offensive mind. Uh, I-, I call him the mad scientist. <laughs> and now that that he's retired, you know, we've actually had a chance to strike up a relationship that we didn't really have prior. Um, I'm sure that must be tough, especially, you know, when you're competing against somebody and then, you know, so you can't, re- it's tough to have that type of relationship. <laughs> And then, but now, if you know, since uh, the situation is different, it's probably a little bit easier to, uh, you know, to talk and, and, and have a different type of conversation. Well, well you, know, you know how it is. As competitors, you never want to give your opponent any kind of edge. Absolutely. And for me, you know, I always wanted to, as an assistant, you always want to put yourself up against the best. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when the scouts come out, uh, the way we do it here, you know, we sit down as assistants and we go through who has what scout. And uh, I always wanted to have the Iona scout because I wanted to match up against Tim Cluse. So, you know, I had a pretty good record against mm. the scouting standpoint, uh, which makes me believe I know what it is I'm doing. So, but he always had a little trick up his sleeve here and there that you were never ready for. So I, I remember three years ago, uh, we played them. Or it will be three years. We played them at home, and uh, they're up seven. And we go on a little run. Uh, alumni gym on our campus is packed. And if you've ever been to alumni gym, the fans are right on top of you. And, and it, it gets hot. And if you're not used to it as an opponent, you know, it can intimidate you a little bit. So, you know, they're up seven. And, you know, we go on this run, and we might have scored, like, two baskets and cut it to three. And he calls a timeout, and the crowd is just yelling. Everybody's excited. Our our players are excited. And I look over at his bench, and this is a true story. And and the funny part is he and I spoke about this uh, a couple weeks ago, and he said that wasn't the case. But deep down, I knew it was the case. So we called a timeout. He calls a timeout, and we're hooting, hollering, high-fiving, and he looks down at our bench and just says, ah, cute. (laughs) (laughs) It's a true story. He looks down and sees us, like, high-fiving, smiling, and, ah, cute. Watch this. Okay. So I got I got something for you. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> I love it. They're like, all right, this is our time, fellas. Let's lock in. You know, let's get this stop. We're gonna score again, and we're gonna get this rolling. And it's in the second half. It, it might have been about ten minutes left in, in the game, and we are ready to make this run. Mm-hmm. He calls this timeout. Looks at the down at our bench. Does what he does. And uh, you know what? I'm even show you guys, uh, or show you Matt, and, and hopefully 
you know, our, our viewers can check this out. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll post that. We'll post this post the episode up on our YouTube page uh, so the listeners can uh, can see the video. But I'll we'll we'll do our best to describe so, the play. He had his point guard Ricky McGill, who, who was a phenomenal player. Good player, very good player. And he had a guard here in the so this is sideline side out of bounds. Yep, he had a big at the elbow. Had his other big in the uh, right slot wing area. And the other guard here. Oh, you know what? I take that back. I'm going to put, yeah, because they played four guards, so it didn't really matter. So you have a so you have a guard taking the ball out, a guard in the corner, forward on the on the strong side elbow closest to the ball, yep. and then another forward, um, like you said, in the in the weak side slot area, and then another guard on the wing, yep. on the right wing. Okay. So all he did was this guy takes the ball out on his hit. Right. The guard ran up. And this was just all false action. Right. Just to clear it out. All As he cleared, Big stepped out. This guy hits the big and fakes. Like he's coming to get a handoff. Cuts back door. These two guys just exchange, just to right. keep the side defense moving. Yep. Dunk. Man, I'm not going to even lie to you. The game was over. <laughs> now, how much, how much time is up on the clock when, when, this, when this happens? It might have been about... Ten minutes left on the clock, but to be honest with you, it didn't even matter. That play right there kind of sealed it. Crushed the spirit. I don't know if it crushed the team spirit. (laughs) (laughs) I know that feeling. (laughs) I think we've all been there. We've all been there. You you think you have everything covered, and then they come out and run that, and it's just a backbreak. Right. Deflate it. Deflates you. I'm still deflated three years later. <laughs> three years later, because it was one of those times where if we would have got that win, it, it would have gave us the confidence boost that we needed to mm-hmm. continue the, the season. Uh, but you know, I'll even show it to you because I have okay. it. And, and oh, you have it on film too? Okay. All right. Yeah. Now pull it up. Let's share, let's let's share that. Uh, you can share it, share it on the screen, right? We'll do. Here okay. we go. Share my screen. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, checking this out. Okay, so there you go. All right, so you got the guard there taking it out on the hash mark. Guard the, so that's so the guard has already cleared out the guard that was in the corner. So he's gone long to clear clear out the spot. All right, I see the guard flashing up. To, I'm sorry, the the forward, the big flashing up from the block up the lane line. It looks like, and then you got the two guys on the wing, and then the uh, in the other corner. Okay. So if you look at this before I even get into it. So on his hit, obviously, like I said, the guard that was in the ball side corner, he runs. You can't even see him in the uh, – Right, he's, he's cleared out. So right now it's pretty much it's four on four. Yes. So it's, it's four on four, and then we got our two guys here on the uh, weak side. They have no idea what right. happened. Right. You didn't know how to guard these guys because they shot a lot of threes. Right, right. So they hugged up on them on, the, on that weak side. Yep. Hugged up. Here it is, inbound. I know. Have, they, honestly, they don't even see it coming. Don't even they, don't even, they don't even see it coming. Yeah. And, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. And there's so much about this because, like, just watch Coach Clues here on the bench. This is him right here. They score. He knows they got it. Right. And it's just like. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. And now that I think about it, if you look up at the clock, it's 11 minutes and 15 uh, seconds. 
it didn't even matter. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, now that's a good, that's a tough play. And, and you can see how, you know, after you go on a run and, you know, the kids are all excited and they're, uh, they're jumped up and he uses the, uh, uses their aggression against them. You know, you, you because, uh, you know, they're trying and I'm sure you guys were telling me, you know, we got to get another stop and, you know, we're going to go, you know, take the lead and push it up and all of that. And so the kids are, you know, and he and he knows all that, but he's a veteran. I mean, he's won a lot of games on a lot of levels. You know, he was a great um, junior college coach and D2 coach. And I believe he was at Division two or Division three before he got to to Iona. And uh, he was a you know great coach great coach so he, he's he's seen it all he's done it all he's won a lot of games won championships so you know he gets that 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 ben, that pen and board out you know he, he can do some some good things with it and, and that's what this is about is you know being able to learn from other coaches and 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 steal things and um put things in your toolbox that you can use um later on in your career if you have an opportunity to become a head coach or just whenever wherever the coaching journey uh, takes you you always want to just you know add to your knowledge and your and your skill set uh things that you've seen and encountered um and, and put it incorporated into something you could potentially do uh if you have an opportunity so that's really important and it's good to see that you um you know do that by you know studying other coaches and seeing what happened to you in certain games and you know filing it away for um for, for yourself, for your, for your knowledge. Well, I, I can assure you, I'm still in that plate. <laughs> I, I might even call it, it loose. I might yeah, 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 yeah. Loose. Or just Iona. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yep. Yep. No, that's cool, man. That's, that's cool. So, um, yeah, no, it's a uh, game of basketball. There's lots of different ways to, to attack it. And there's lots of different ways that you can, um, be successful with, you know, there's a lot, that's the great thing I, I love about it, you know, and watching other coaches and watching um, different things that you might see on the, uh, on internet or different cl- coaching clinics, especially during this time, there's been a lot of different clinics virtually going on. Um, and it's a lot easier to take part, uh, take part in them. You know, it gets a little difficult when you're caught up with um, your own season and your own practices and you're recruiting to get out to clinics as much as you, you know, might want to. But now during this time, well, with the pandemic, definitely um, a great opportunity for coaches uh, of all levels to improve and get better. And with all of our fingers crossed that we're going to have a season uh, coming up in the, um, for the, for the winter season, um, you know, hopefully everyone takes this opportunity to get better. And that's what we're here for is to try to expose other coaches and, and learn ourselves also. So um, different um, tactics and, and, and things that guys are using um, across the country for us to get better and be able to share the game as well. So that's well, our mission here. I, I think that's what this time is for, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, the off season, we go and we tell our players, hey, this is what you need to work on to come back and, and be a better player. Absolutely. Going into the new season. Well, we got to do the same as coaches. And I think sometimes – that gets, uh, you know, forgotten mm-hmm. that, hey, what is it that I can come back with that will help my team out? And, you know, during this pandemic, it's a good time to throw things against the wall and see what sticks. You know, you know, it's fine to make mistakes with and tinker with things and say, hey, I like this. I don't like that. OK, maybe if I have this kind of personnel, I can do this. I, I can do that. Uh, but like you said, it's something that we have to do and sharpen, you know, our, our saw. You know, that's what I like to call it, man. Sharpen your saw. Get in and even if it's an hour 
a day. It's 24 hours in a day. If you get an hour just to work on your, you know, pin game with, with the uh, board, that helps. Watch some film. Uh, I'm a big film guy, uh, whether it's through Synergy, whether it's through DVDs. Uh, I'm, I'm always trying to find something, or, or whether it's through tactical books. Like right now, I'm looking at uh, Dale Harris's Winning Defense book. Okay, okay. You know, it's just different things that, that you want to be able to sharpen your saw that you can come back with. And like you said, hopefully if we do have a season, uh, add some things that will help us, you know, get over it, get another win or two in that uh, W column. Absolutely. And I think that's really important, too. And, and I, the one thing I always stress to um, younger coaches is even if you hear something or you see something, it may not be something that you decide that fits for you, but at least you see and hear what's going on and, and what other people are doing. And then you can make um, a decision on whether what fits with your philosophy and how you see the game, because there's a lot of different ways to win. There's a lot of different ways to be successful. Um, it's not, you know, definitely not basketball is not a cookie cookie cutter sport by any stretch of the imagination. And, and the more you see, the more you know what you're comfortable with and you can start to form your own philosophy. And even for, you know, coaches that have been coaching for a little while, you know, you always, uh, like Coach Guild mentioned, you want to have a, a growth mindset, just like we want our players to continue to get better. So if we can continue to try to get better during these times, 1% better every day, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a webinar, whether it's a book, whether it's you know, watching an NBA game now and seeing something that, oh, okay, we may not be able to run it exactly the, the way, you know, the way they do, but you may see an action that fits in with something with your team. And I think that's how, you know, you get better. Um, so it's important um, to, to do it during this time. And I always say that the more information you collect, it makes it easier for you to develop your own personal philosophy. I, I tell the story and it can be anything. I tell the story before one, uh, two final fours uh, I went to back to back a few years ago now. And I heard two totally opposite um, theories on something as simple, but maybe as important as pickup basketball. And you know, it was, um, I believe it was coach Calhoun, a uh, great coach at UConn, uh, won two national championships. Uh, was it he went three? Two or three. I can't remember now. Definitely two. He won two. He won two. He won two. Right. So uh, two national championships, wildly successful, great program at UConn. Um, so obviously he, you know, he knows what he's doing. Right. And then the following year, it was uh, Coach Patino, another wildly successful college coach, two national championships, coached in the NBA you know, wildly successful. So now I got a coach against him now too. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have, he's a, he's, he's one of the best that, you know, I, I, I try myself in watching, watching coaches coach and he, he's one of the best. He's one of the best to ever do it. He's really good. That, man. I got to go from Tim Clues to Rick Pitino. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh you know, that, you know, and to a little bit, two different styles too. And you know, coach Clues, you know, very offensive minded and uh, you know, coach Patino, you know, defensively, you know, with the press and, the, and, you know, he's, um, you know, two different styles, but, but again, that just is a perfect example of it Two, you know, both successful, but they do it different ways. Um, and going back to the story about um, the final four at the professional development series in the f first one I went to, well, not the first one, but the one with uh, coach Calhoun, 
somebody asked a question of what his theory of uh, was pick, of pickup basketball was, and his philosophy was that he wanted his players to play as much as possible uh, over the summer pickup one one on one, two on two, three on three, four on four, and of course five on five. His uh, philosophy behind that was basketball is a totally random sport where no two plays ever unfold the same way, and so the more experience you have in these different situations the better equipped you are, you know, if you do run into something in the game that you know how to react to. So he just wanted his guys to play as much as possible, um, you know, with no structure and just, you know, just get used to hooping and figuring it out. Right. So that was his theory. So I think the following year might've been the very next year, coach Patino spoke. And I think somebody else asked a similar question and his philosophy was he never wanted his guys to play pickup in the off season. Wow. He didn't believe in it. He wanted his guys to work out, didn't like it. He And his philosophy was that he felt that when guys played pickup, they develop bad habits. So they, they're, you know, maybe over dribbling or just taking shots that he wouldn't allow them to take in the game or defensively maybe not doing some things. So his theory was, I don't want my guys playing pickup. I just want them to work out and maybe do some specific things because I don't – his. He didn't want to be breaking the habits that he felt they picked up by playing uh, playing pickup. So now, you know, me as a young coach, I'm hearing one really successful coach saying one thing. And then the next year I go and I'm hearing another really successful coach saying the total opposite thing. So now me as a coach, I'm thinking in my head, OK, if I'm ever um, fortunate enough to be a head coach, what would my philosophy be like? What resonates more with me? Right. And as successful as Coach Patino is, and he's done, you know, he's done, done an unbelievable job. I think for me, my personality, I what Coach Calhoun said made more sense to me. That you know, because of the, the random nature of basketball, you know, you want guys working, uh, you know, playing and, and and find themselves in a lot of different situations. And also, I I think that you know, the real thing is guys like to play pickup. So if they're having fun and they're enjoying it in the off season, even though it may not be exactly what we're going to do when it comes time for, um, for us to get started in the season, I still feel like basketball is a, is a sport that again, is so random and can't predict how any situation is going to go one dribble to the left, one dribble to the right. You know, it's just so random. So um, I agree with coach Calhoun. Um, and now that I'm, and, and I don't mean to cut you off, but no, you're good. I think that's what makes this game so great, right? And and you touched on it. Uh, you heard something from Jim Calhoun. Mm-hmm. Got you know x amount of championships, x amount of success. Rick Pitino, the same thing, and they're on two different sides mm-hmm. of the spectrum. And neither one of them are right. Neither one of them right. are wrong. Absolutely. And that's what makes the game of basketball, I think, different than any other sport. Because in baseball, you're taught to stand a certain way, regardless of what pitch you're going to get. In football, it's either you run your route this way or you run it that way. There's no, uh, you know, playing – off of instinct. It's right. what's programmed or scripted, ingrained yeah. in you to go this way. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and I, I think basketball is really like the only sport where you get to use your imagination like yeah. no other. And 
it can take you places. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting that you say that now. How many coaches are going to hear this or aspiring coaches are going to hear this? Hey, my guys are never going to play pickup. Right, right. Say, yeah, we're playing pickup every day. Right. Yeah, and it's all about your personality. And it's all about, again, what, what resonates with you. Like, you know, you have to – some even when you're not a head coach, you, you should – I believe you should always start trying to think like one and trying to think of, okay, if I was to get an opportunity, what would I do and how I approach it? And it doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be right. It's going to be wrong, but you know, you want to kind of have that for yourself, that, um, that thought process of, you know, what makes sense for you across all aspects of, of, you know, what it takes to, you know, run a program and coach a team and, and all of that. So the more information you can pick up, not just stuff that you would use, but stuff that, you know, you can say, okay, I don't like that. You know, that helps you out too. That's part of the development. So um, hopefully um, here on our show, we can provide you with some of that. You know, it would be great if everything that uh, gets presented on the program and we're going to have guests, but hopefully, um, you know, you may not use all of it, but at least it'll get your mind thinking and maybe you take one piece or something, or you may say, I, I don't like that at all, but then at least, you know, and, and at least, you know, it's out there and then you can, um, you know, choose what you do with the information at that point. So um, we're definitely looking forward to sharing um, the game and um, having guests and just presenting different sides of the game of basketball to, uh, to our viewers and our listeners and, continue to grow the game. So make sure you, um, if you want to and check out the, but please do visit our YouTube page to see the, uh, the video, um, that coach, uh, Gil drew, uh, had, uh, shared up on the screen. And also he went over on the board so you can check it out and maybe put it in your toolbox and please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page, which is uh, bleachers and boards for all of our social media and, um, and YouTube. So this is, uh, Coach Matt Collier uh, signing off with Coach Marlon Guild on this first episode of Bleachers and Boards. Hope to see you again. And the immortal words of Snoop Dogg, chill to the next episode. Peace. Peace out. Well, that's another episode of Bleachers and Boards brought to you by the Hoop Heads Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Bleachers and Boards. Until next time, see you soon.